0: Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're gonna be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma, and support, and most importantly, some of your very own personal stories. We're gonna be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our wellbeing as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests We'll be able to show you, you're not alone out there. These are not real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people
1: suffer from mental illness.
0: To get the word out that men have got to start talking.
1: So I told everything and her face dropped.
0: A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate, yeah. You know. It's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything.
1: You're not depressed, it's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most.
0: I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to episode 201. Still feels weird having that too at the beginning. Awesome stuff to have so many amazing episodes in the bank. Um, so I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we had a brief reflection on the, the 200 episodes. Since then I've also done kind of a short blog post as well, kind of reflecting on, on reaching 200 podcast episodes. But also, kind of in the last month-ish, um, I've also had some, some good news with the, the blog side as well. We've been named in that the top 10 uh, mental health blogs in the UK by Viewleo. So really awesome stuff to have some success with the blog at the same time as the podcast is reaching 200 episodes. So really nice to have um, a little bit of time over the weekend to, to kind of sit down and reflect back on um i guess successes i guess um it feels a bit weird to say successes um yeah just to reflect on on i guess the relevance and the importance of these two things that are kind of happening at the same time um which was really interesting and kind of as part of being that top 10 with julio i also got to do a kind of a spotlight interview with them so it was really interesting again just to have that bit of extra time to to reflect back on kind of what blogging has been for me and what talking about mental health has meant um and I often think it's weird it's maybe one of those things that you kind of think you do a lot but actually you don't um and realizing yeah sometimes you get well I feel when I say sometimes I feel that I get caught up a lot of the time with kind of what's going on this week or what am I what am I recording today or what conversations are we having or Um, is there something I kind of want to cover in the blog Um, I don't always kind of have that time to to sit back and no that's not but it's not that I don't have the time Um, it's probably I don't have the mindset I guess to to sit back and really reflect on um, I guess kind of what's been achieved and um, the relevance of that for me so it's really nice to have had a couple of opportunities to do that recently so a big thank you to to all of you that listened to episode 200 um which really was just a couple of minutes at the beginning um and to those of you that have kind of gone away and read some of those blog posts or seen some of the stuff that I've done with Julio um that's been really really ace to do um and like last time it's a couple of minutes at the beginning and then we're straight into the episode so this week I'm delighted to have another new guest Danny is going to join us today and it was really interesting to sit down and um have an opportunity to chat with Danny because I think uh there was something that i was really interested in which was the kind of this balance that came across to me where um danny has this focus on on quite specifically kind of mental health and mental health illness support and then also kind of the the support for general well-being so regardless of an illness or symptoms and i think for me there there's probably been occasions in the past when this has been relevant for other guests or, or other talking points. Um, but this is maybe the episode um, where I kind of felt like it came up the most, kind of these um, two sides to support and to the conversations that we have and kind of the relevance of that. So it was really interesting to, to talk that through with Danny and also hear some of his lived experience, both as someone affected by uh, kind of mental health symptoms and illness, but also as a, a service provider, as someone supporting people that are experiencing certain struggles around mental health um, and certain life experiences. So it was really interesting to, to have this conversation. So a massive thank you to Danny for coming on, for, for sharing those insights and for, for being part of this discussion. Um, it was just, yeah, it's another episode that I found really, really interesting. So I hope all of you listening also um, find this discussion um, insightful. Um, it was, yeah just another awesome conversation so a massive thank you to Danny for coming on. If you're listening and thinking that maybe you would be interested in coming on to the podcast in the future, you can find all the information about uh being a guest and kind of some of the talking points that we might cover on the website which is openjournalbc.com and there's also a page where you can kind of see a gallery of previous guests and things like that as well. So all the information's there. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed recording with Danny. Um, So yeah, here is this week's episode. Yeah, so Danny, how, how has kind of the last couple of days or last week been for you? The last couple of days have
1: been me trying to get outside and then scurrying back before the rain comes in. So trying to do as much as I can to get my exercise in, but actually getting more wet than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think I, I failed today at about, I think, 11 o'clock, 12, 11, 12 o'clock. I was on a call and I was like, I'm going to go outside at lunchtime today because it's, it's surprisingly getting so dark now outside. <laughs> um, I was like, I need to go out at lunchtime and have a walk because like, I'm not going to do it at the end of the day you didn't manage it today um so it's, it's it's now my task to try and more often kind of go out at lunchtime because the the like we say the weather's changing it's getting different it's getting colder and darker and it's you need to be a bit more proactive I think or at least I feel that way around I, kind of I keeping book it in yeah yeah do you, it in do you do you keep it in a calendar or, or something like that yeah it's in my google calendar exercise hour oh maybe I need to start doing that because I know I just yeah it's I am, I am, yeah. See, I am quite like that with most things. I just, I haven't been with that kind of going outside, and maybe because I've not taken it as seriously. It's sort of when I can fill it in, yeah. Um, which maybe sort of shows, yeah, why you're succeeding with that one and I'm not ever <laughs> <that> at the <laughs> moment. Um, but Danny, it'd be interesting just to hear kind of uh, for guys that um, are listening and hearing your voice for the first time, just to hear a little bit about kind of who you are and how we've got to to today and sitting down and talking. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, my original
0: background was
1: as a physiotherapist. So, that was kind of when I was younger, that was my plan for the next 30 or 40 years. That's as far as I'd got. And then, sort of, I had some challenges with mainly anxiety, um, and it was mainly around relationships. Like, that was sort of the, the area where I had the biggest challenge. And then around 2015, after thinking about it for a while, I decided to get some help. And that made such a huge difference in a short space of time that I then decided, actually, kind of learn more about this mind thing. I'm gonna see if I can understand a little bit more about how it works. And then the more I learned, the more I wanted to do. And then I slowly sort of left the hands-on world And now at the moment, I'm coaching people in terms of changing their mindset, dealing with conflict, and just generally feeling more confident in who they are.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I think um, I find it quite interesting to have a little bit of a look at the kind of the website, because I thought there was um, almost, it felt like there were two different aspects to some of the stuff that you do. And I could be completely wrong on this, but um, it almost felt like there's a side that um, you have a focus on what I would call, I guess, like traditional uh, like mental health and the kind of the illness and, and symptoms side where we're talking about kind of the anxiety, stresses, maybe low mood and depression um, and almost another side of, I guess, not really mental health illness, but more so just general well-being. You're talking about kind of the the, the, the confidence, the self-esteem, the sides that actually kind of everyone can really get involved in. I don't know if that's an accurate description of kind of what you do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I think just with my background, I spent so much time learning about exercise and physiology and just general well-being that it kind of naturally merged in together. So it was it was more through experience than design um but it kind of it kind of works I think
0: awesome yeah no I think it it really um I think I've come across a lot of different people with different backgrounds and often and again this could be my interpretation in generalizing but they sort of fit into one of those two categories It felt quite rare to kind of see someone up front be very much like they're a kind of i don't you don't describe it as two different areas but having those two sides kind of covered um and really providing that kind of well-being support alongside the mental health side but you kind of touched on there having that sort of personal insight into um kind of certain aspects of mental health i don't know if you able to give us a little bit more information about kind of what some of those kind of experiences were
1: yeah so the main challenge that i faced was that I was single until I was 27 so I had dates I had very short-term sort of connections with people but for whatever reason Mm. I just couldn't find a relationship and you know when you tend to have a problem you tend to think about it. So that just came, became the thing that I would think about. Now, I have a really great family. I've got really, really supportive friends. So outwardly, like it wasn't really anything that anyone knew about I was it didn't sort of bother me when I was in and around people, but it was kind of that when I'm on my own at home thinking about stuff, that's when it would kind of sort of show itself the most. And then there were other sort of instances, because I think we all feel bits of anxiety from time to time. So I think those were kind of the other bits were more just day to day and sort of common things for a teenager and someone in their early 20s. But the relationship bit was the thing that I kind of fixated on. And that was one of the one of the main reasons why it just kept getting bigger and bigger, because I couldn't I didn't know how to change the way that I think so i just kept doing it
0: so is that um did that kind of then lead into your thank you for sharing that by the way um mm-hmm. did do you feel like that led into kind of when you're talking about that research into the like the social side and our well-being did that kind of lead into why you were doing that extra research and kind of self-educating um following on from that experience yeah
1: it kind of it made more sense looking back, back at it than actually at the, at the time yeah um, and rather coincidentally when I was on one of the uh, physiotherapy or sort of it was more hands-on body work type of therapies it was the first hands-on work that I came across that actually had a module on emotions and I just okay. I'd never come across it before and I was picked to be one of the guinea pigs in that class for emotions and then all of this stuff came up and I kind of (laughs) left that class thinking whoa like where did that come from and that's what really made me think okay I need to I need to find someone who knows more about this than I do.
0: That's really interesting it kind of almost comes out of the learning part of that was kind of that self-discovery it's not necessarily that it led on to that but I guess a almost an unconscious journey has kind of happened there where you've, you've Absolutely. started
1: yeah yeah I would like to think that it was it was just part of the journey that I was on and it was for whatever reason I was meant to be there
0: oh yeah it's it's I don't know I love hearing that kind of that part of how people have had those journeys because they're so different and sometimes they're um it sounds like you're quite compressed in terms of that time between very um they're educating and moving forward, and sometimes there's massive gaps, and it's just such a a variety, and I think that's why um, or it's one of the reasons why I find like some of these discussions so important is that if someone kind of listens in and hears one person's experience, it's really important to recognise they're all so different, and then yours could be um there might be overlaps, there might be similarities where someone has got that kind of similar experience concerns worries around kind of relationship building um but also maybe they've had a different experience so it's taken longer for them to get to to certain parts of the journey that you've got to um i wonder how um kind of having that lived experience i guess has supported you in terms of providing services and support to 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 different people in different projects well i can definitely really
1: empathize with people that present with some kind of relationship challenge and I mentioned like I it was for whatever reason I felt like I was supposed to be there on in that class well for whatever reason I tend to attract clients who are very much struggling with similar type of issues so I think that's more of a message for me that I'm, I'm on the right track because I tend to to work with that type of person so it's something that I can certainly connect with and fortunately I have a a way to at least help them think themselves out of it so the emphasis on giving people tools giving people tools to change the way they think
0: yeah I think that that comes across again if if people have the opportunity to go and look at um like the website and some of the stuff that you do I think that really comes across in terms of some of the work that you reflect on but um I guess kind of linked into that but it's also in my mind that um you do work with I suppose areas that we talk a little bit less about now there's such a huge focus on kind of CBT and on that cognitive behavioral therapy side and it's great that there's so much coverage of that um but there are other areas and other aspects of kind of um well-being or well-being improvement and development that we don't talk about as much that I know you do some work on on things like the hypnotherapy and a range of other things as well it'd be interesting to hear kind of how you got started or why you've made the decisions to not necessarily do I guess like a I don't want to say traditional because it doesn't feel that old but yes kind of the straight through path that seems to be the norm at the moment
1: yeah well one of the main determining factors when I was like okay I'm gonna get some help was I didn't want to sit down with someone and just talk about my problems that was kind of like first of all I just wouldn't have been comfortable doing it like I don't think I was I was in a place where I was really comfortable to just sit down and and share that's Mm. not something that I would have been really comfortable doing and also just for me I didn't think that would help because I was aware that my thinking was the problem so the way that I'd created stories, I thought the more I go into that, the more I'm probably going to get a bit stuck into it. So I was looking for ways and means that could use bits of information and obviously had to provide context and would share the effects, but didn't necessarily have to go into stories and things like that. So that's the coaching the work with the hypnotherapy and sort of some of the other tools that I use, I could keep the sharing bit to the bits that were important and then that was it. And for me, that just, that just really, really worked.
0: That's really interesting. I've heard a few people sort of mention the idea of, um, I don't know if I'm making generalizations here, but things, treatments like hypnotherapy are able to, um, kind of get to the point quicker like they don't necessarily solve the problem quicker but more quickly you're able to identify like what is the thing that someone is struggling with or affected by or what are the areas that um do we really want to improve or development um i don't know is that an accurate thing to kind of describe it as or
1: in my experience yes so i do tend to work with people for shorter time frames so i have my area where i work with people so there are other techniques and other problems that are mm. not more suited but for the work and the people that I tend to guide along mm. we get stuck in fairly quickly and it tends to move along quite quickly so again it's, it's long personal preference isn't it
0: yeah so would they they're more likely to kind of use a support that you might offer alongside or as part of a, an ongoing journey alongside something else or would they kind of dip in and just use something like hypnotherapy as the only support that they're using? I
1: almost always, I won't say always, but almost always combine hypnotherapy and coaching. So I think hypnotherapy hypnotherapy is really, really good at releasing emotions and changing thought patterns. But I think the coaching is important because it's actually about empowering the person to do things differently. Um, I don't find that necessarily parallel approaches so I've done a few times where the client has worked with a counsellor alongside mm-hmm. and I think it kind of creates a bit of a mixed message it's, it doesn't it doesn't flow so well so I tend to work people after they've been to counselling if it haven't, hasn't worked um, rather than parallel to.
0: That makes that makes sense to me but like I've I've received CBT in the past and like variations of of like group and one-to-one and um, I know at the time I guess kind of going into it I felt like oh why can't I do more than one thing it just seems to be kind of delaying my access to services or support but I don't want to say kind of after it's even during it like quite quickly you're able to see why doing just one thing at a time is almost always going to be the best thing because there is so much that you are kind of taking on board and processing and thinking about and that's even without if they're kind of going away with homework of of try using this tool see what it's like come back and we'll talk about it next time um i think kind of as you start you think but it's only like an hour or it's only 90 minutes or however long it is and it's like well why can't i do that twice a week Um, I think there is so much kind of involved and I think I don't know if you find this but kind of my experience was that there are a lot of people particularly when I was in those group settings where they've kind of waited so long um, or it's taken so long for them to get to that stage where there's quite a lot built up in that first and second session before you can kind of really get going with someone there's almost kind of that relief I guess of I'm finally sat with with Danny and I'm finally getting to talk to you um, and I can unload some of this stuff and it's almost like well session two or three is when we actually start um, so I think there is it's really interesting to hear that actually that's very similar um, with the hypnotherapy side despite the fact it's maybe a bit more kind of focused or there's certain things that happen quicker actually it's very similar in that it's one thing at a time and let this be a process yeah
1: and with everyone there are different elements that some people find really helpful so we tend to take what's useful and then forget what's not so if there's like mixed messages and there's multiple techniques like it just gets it gets messy
0: yeah i think i i i don't know again could be different experiences but i i've heard a number of people that kind of don't like that sometimes when there are parts to kind of your your treatment or your support that they go oh, but I, i'm not struggling with that can we kind of skip that um that's one of the things i found really really useful being in a group setting maybe because the focus is different it's not a one-to-one thing of going actually this week is about uh, is about kind of drinking and drugs and, and i'm like that's not really the thing that I struggle with so actually it's quite a nice week because I go in and I kind of feel like actually this is something that I'm okay with and actually things aren't completely horrendous this is one of the weeks when actually I'm okay and you can recognize some of the things that maybe other people struggle with that that you don't and it can be a bit of a a leveler now I understand more in a group setting than than maybe a one-to-one but I think there is that balance there isn't there sometimes of It doesn't all have to be stuff you're struggling with. Sometimes there is an element of there are different things. And some of this you might actually be okay with or or really, really good at managing. Absolutely. And
1: some parts may actually just be acknowledging yourself or actually sticking to something and doing it really well. So it doesn't have to be things that are completely new to you. Like uh, just as a really simple example, some people will come in and they've never meditated before. So just introducing three or four minutes of meditation a week is actually quite a big change in their routine, Mm. whereas there are other people who have been meditating for months. And so rather than me delve into that, it's kind of I can see, right, you've got that. Let's see what else we can add and then we can we can move it along. But it's interesting that you mentioned about the different weeks and actually noticing how some weeks were easier because that's somewhere that you didn't struggle. So that that's a really, that's a really interesting point.
0: Yeah. I, I, like I say, I guess it's, it's, everyone can kind of take those on board differently. And I think I have heard, like I say, a number of times when people kind of almost feel like that's a, and I don't know, like a negative or they don't enjoy that week because it feels like a, a, a week you don't need to attend almost. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, this, it, this gives balance, I guess, to the overall journey um and I mean again I could could be slightly different but with the particularly with group work but with all of it I feel like it was a period of time until it really resonated um so it's like while you're doing it there are limited things if I'm being honest I really didn't feel like I learned a lot while I was doing group therapy it was more so kind of four to five months later where I'd go actually do you know what that was really useful (laughs) (laughs) it just took time to kind of feel like oh there are certain things that i'm now using or thinking about or acting on that are different because i've attended and and been in that environment but it, it just takes that time to to go through um one of the things we kind of touched on a little bit um is is this side of kind of um say slightly to the not away from but slightly to the side of um kind of of the traditional mental health and of illness Um, is this well-being side where we're talking about things like mindset confidence and um, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit when we're talking about some of the different treatments as well that doesn't have to be illness but um, I just wonder if that kind of opens up different types of discussions and experiences for you when you're when you're putting stuff together and when you're supporting people and maybe even for yourself when you're keeping that uh, don't know how to word it better but that focus more so on well-being rather than mental health illness
1: yeah absolutely so i think for for the majority of people when i begin to work with them all they want to get to is some semblance of normal Mm -hmm. so that's kind of that's the goal and very often their objective will be just so i can go through the work day feeling relaxed i can speak to my boss and feel comfortable and i can let go of mistakes And then when they get to that stage, often it's that point where they kind of think, okay, how else can I help myself move forwards and what else can we do to build to confidence rather than just to keep where it's at? Um, So that's one side of things that I really enjoy. Um, And it's often after those first hurdles have been jumped over, if you like. So it's definitely something that opens up a discussion. But to be honest, it's usually not the first thing on the list. It's usually something that comes later.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder whether that's maybe something that will gradually change over time as maybe kind of mental health and well-being are things that we um, speak about more freely, particularly, I would say, younger generations um, are more articulate and more educated and more willing to come forward and seek support that over time we'll start to see actually it is a little bit more maybe that well-being side it's people coming forward kind of before some of that stuff becomes symptoms yeah. and illnesses um b- because yeah I can kind of I can sort of see that in my mind but I think I am maybe kind of applying that more to a not necessarily a younger person but the the environment that younger people are kind of growing up in rather than one that um people that are kind of I would say well I don't know anyone over 25 really if we're being realistic that has kind of grown up with that historical view of of mental health of well-being of the things that are in our mind um I think that's yeah it's often something we talk about older people have this stigma and this traditional view yes um and make an assumption we're talking about older people sort of 80 90 plus when actually I grew up with that and I I don't know how old I am how old am I um <laughs> I'm, I'm mid 30s you I've I grew up with with that view the that kind of mental health was very much the kind of the asylums and people in straitjackets, and that's what I grew up with. so I think sometimes we do make that assumption that oh, we're talking about people that are really old and, and really aren't part of kind of this conversation when actually a lot of us grew up with that, and our views have gradually changed, but it's younger people that have grown up in an environment where this is okay to speak about and they're more educated but it is actually younger people. It's not kind of everyone within that yeah. adult population. That's you know, sometimes a mistake that we make.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a very important point. I mean, I'm early 30s as well. And growing up, it wasn't really something that was discussed. It wasn't really something that I came across much. Mm. Um, and even when it was something that I did notice I wanted to change, didn't really know what to do about it because it wasn't discussed. So yeah. um, I've recently particularly around covid been working with some students who are like going to university and things like that and it's actually really inspiring to see how so many of them have actually like approached their parents and said actually you know what i've been struggling with this for a little bit i don't really know what to do but can we do something whereas uh, i think that's a definite change to maybe five or ten years ago
0: yeah I, i i feel like it'd be a really if if you're a student again now to do a research project on that on the different ages and actually i think that'd be very revealing to yes. to see what people have grown up with um i think yeah would definitely uncover a few a few different things um we spoke a little bit uh about kind of the, the those different areas of work that you've done and you've also um kind of done some a few well, a few things like this where you're kind of sort of speaking about your your views and your experiences um what has it been like kind of having a bit more of uh I guess not um not just sitting in a room delivering a service or or having those kind of uh one-to-one or small group conversations but actually sort of putting yourself out there a bit more and um kind of being vocal I guess about mental health about well-being and about some of the the support that's available around that
1: it has been something that has gradually progressed as I've progressed I can only say that it's gone hand in hand, that the more the more coaching and the more work that I've had receiving mm-hmm. has given me more confidence to actually do more. And then as I've done more, I've kind of then realized, actually, I can do this. And it's just been step by step. So when I first started out, it was just simply trying to work with someone on a one to one in a training environment because that's where I felt comfortable. And it's just something that gradually builds over time. And I think it will continue to do. So um, I'm very much of the viewpoint now that I view my business as being the vehicle that I can use to help mm-hmm. myself grow and express myself the most. So it's just the vehicle that I use. So it'll grow and evolve as I do. And that's kind of the, the way that I see it.
0: No I think that's a really nice that's a really nice description of kind of that I guess that journey as well of going through as a a provider of services and building your confidence with with those type of speaking opportunities as well. And I think it's um it's really valuable to have people that are actually involved in that kind of side of of service provision speaking about it's not just kind of people that are experiencing certain illnesses and symptoms but we also hear from people like yourself that provide and deliver services to sort of see what kind of how they've been built up and how they're supporting and how those kind of informed decisions are being made. Um, I guess with that in mind it would be interesting to kind of maybe have a little bit of a reflection back on um, this year and you've already mentioned a little bit how this year has been maybe different um for, for you as a, a person that's experienced kind of forms of mental health illness but also as a service provider as well kind of what has this year been like for for you Danny
1: I will I'll make I won't say it too loudly but it's been a really good year so um <laughs> one of the things that I noticed at the beginning of the year was when I knew lockdown was coming The one thing that I really wanted to focus on is that I had a project that I had something to work on that was really meaningful for me that would last me four, five, six months. Mm. And that was the time when I chose to write my book. And actually the whole of the lockdown period, I just found really inspiring because I was doing something that I absolutely loved and over lockdown more and more people became comfortable working on Zoom and working online. So to be honest, that helped as well, because more people were happy to work from home. Mm. And I've had some really lovely experiences with sort of a couple of one lady and one gentleman who in late 50s and 60s using Zoom for the first time, trying to figure out how to work it like pinning up the ipad on the wall Um, amazing so it's been like a a really lovely period and the only obviously downside is it that there's that lack of human connection being in the room with someone having sort of the one-to-one so it comes with its drawbacks um but Yes, it's been a really enjoyable year. So awesome. that's, that's
0: why I like it. I like hearing that positive side. I think yeah, there's definitely been some some benefits for a range of different reasons for for people this year. I suppose I guess the flip side of that question is kind of looking forward to. We are coming towards the end of 2020. Sort of what um, I feel like we might have hinted at one of them there. Um, but what kind of things? What kind of projects are you working on that kind of are going to roll forward into into next year?
1: Next year I would certainly because I I love doing speaking engagements like I love having chats like this it's something that brings up new information for me it gets me to reflect on things and my main sort of area for next year is to see how much further I can extend the people that I can sort of reach and connect with so it's gradually been improving year on year as I've got more confident and now I'm feeling next year I'm going to be able to take on more, just depending on what the circumstances will allow me to do. So one of the sort of goals that I set myself uh, at the beginning of 2020 was to really focus on my public speaking this year. And then as it got to February, all public speaking stopped for the rest <laughs> of the year. So you know I've got some I've got some evaluations to do. Um, yeah. and that might amazing. be a rollover. <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be a rollover. Um,
0: So a bit of my work is already planned out if I can do it. (laughs) Uh, I think, yeah, I think that there's, yeah, there's a definite reason as to why that's probably not been as possible. Um, But I think you've already kind of picked up, I guess, on some of the things that you will have done, Almost in in I don't instead of to some extent is those kind of experiences and opportunities to to feed into to other publications and and things having online conversations um like this I think I I mean I found that like you the online conversations people's willingness and confidence to get involved in those as well has hugely grown in I'd say particularly sort of post summer um i think that's that's really grown quite a lot and i hope that as we go into next year and and hopefully we kind of see some of these restrictions kind of lifted i I can't imagine they're all going to disappear but as they lift that um we remain and we continue to utilize some of these um tools um that we've kind of discovered and that we're maybe more confident using because i think um i uh, I've definitely found the the opportunities to um attend more kind of different online events, online conversations. Yeah. um, I would never have been able to, to kind of make the time or or had the uh, be able to afford the expense of attending so many of the things that I've been able to attend this year. Um, so I really hope that 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 kind of rolls over. Um, and continues and we sort of rethink maybe how we use some of those online platforms as well I think there's definitely uh, a lot there that hopefully we can continue to use as we move forward as well
1: absolutely there's been quite a few uh, like events that are turned into like virtual conferences for the day and Mm -hmm. the amount of new people who have been able to connect with that I think can only be only be a good thing and that's certainly one of the things I'm hoping will carry forwards next year.
0: Yeah, lots of different ways to, to use tools. And I think I always like when you hear someone else say, oh, I've used it and it's worked this way as well. It sort of gives you confidence that um, everyone's kind of trying new and different ways to, to use platforms. And yeah, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, we've kind of sort of flash forward and, and looking at what you, you might be doing next year, but um, I think it's been really interesting to sit down and, and hear about kind of your experience how it's led to to where we are now um but i'm just thinking if people wanted to find out a little bit more information about yourself danny or some of the different stuff that, that you do and provide where would kind of be a, a good place for them to go and how could they find out about some of the things that you do
1: the the easiest way would be to go to my website which would be www.dannygreavescoaching.com And for anyone that I work with, I'm really conscious that everyone has a different fit. So I actually go through sort of like a a pre discovery session first because sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes it is. Um, So I'm happy to offer anyone that who would like a chat first. And other than that, I'm on Facebook every day. So that's my main channel. Um, So I do little videos and hints and tips and you can find me there at Danny Greaves coaching. So probably those are, those are the two places where I'm most there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Danny, and for kind of giving us that insight into not just your lived experience, but also what it's like to kind of be a a service provider and some of the different things that you've kind of educated yourself on and, and got involved in. It's been really interesting to hear a little bit more about that and hopefully we can maybe connect again um, next year and hear about how some of those kind of public speaking things have gone and how um, how your work is hopefully continued to grow next year as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I love these chats and I've got quite a bit from today. The the group thing for me has really stood out. So that's a, that's a really nice learning for me today. And I'd love to come back next
0: sometime next year. Awesome, that'd be great. I will uh, look forward to, to speaking to you again soon. Thank you. These are not real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down.
1: So many people suffer from mental illness.
0: To get the word out that men have got to start talking.
1: So I told everything and her face dropped.
0: A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate Yeah, it's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back people knew that there was something not right but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything you're
1: not depressed it's, it's all in your head that's probably the statement I've
0: had people say the most I mean this, this this shit is real and it's hard it's exhausting and I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are not only did this help me to write it Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well so it sort of started from there so many people think they're alone and then you hear other people talk about it and they think oh that's you know that's so brave or I could relate to that um and then they want to talk about it